0: Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C L A U D E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator.
0: What's going on, people of the internet? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. And I'm Andrew. And I'm fresh back from the Met Gala. Yeah. All three hours of sleep I got were great. And uh, today's episode, we got a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to talk about the full specs of the Subaru Solterra, Mm -hmm. just because they're conversation worthy i think uh,
2: yeah that's sure. a nice way of putting it for yeah
0: sure. um but there's also some twitch rumors floating around that might be very consequential to twitch partners and also we have some updates on the f-150 lightning and i also have some some future stuff we want to talk about but then we'll always wrap up with some trivia like we have always not always done but like we've started, started doing do. and yeah. i think it's super fun but,
2: but i also think like you can't just throw the mech gal out there and not like elaborate a little bit that's that's a flex. You know what? Sure, let's just go. Yeah.
0: I ha- that'll be my story time for this let's episode. We've we've done so much tech stuff, but yeah, I was at, I was at the Met Gala uh on May 2nd, which was No big deal. you know, f- pretty uh fish out of water as I would <laughs> as I would describe it. So, uh the the way it was sort of broken down is uh the Met Gala for those who are unfamiliar is a sort of fashion event uh fundraiser in New York City. Yeah. But it's, it's become like the Super Bowl of fashion events, basically. Sure. So yeah. so anytime you see it happen, basically I don't really follow the fashion world that much. And then once in a while on Twitter, I see everyone's craziest outfits. And I'm like, oh, the Met Gala happened. Mm-hmm. And that's like once per year, basically. They took a year off after the pandemic. Then there was a, a couple of months ago, they did a, a pre-Met Gala or something like that. But then we're back in 2022. And like two weeks before... I got an email from Derek Blasberg. He's the head of fashion at Google and YouTube. And was like, hey, do you want to go to the Met Gala? I was like, oh, yeah, I, I maybe. It, sure, I mm-hmm. guess that, that sounds fun. I looked up uh, in the past, like, have YouTubers gone to the Met Gala before? And there have started to be a few. It's kind of like, I uh, actually kind of relate it to Apple events. Remember the earliest days of Apple events where there actually weren't any YouTubers at them? Yeah. And I was actually the first YouTuber that was invited to an Apple launch event. And now, not to take credit, but now they've realized that that's a good idea. Mm-hmm, and now there sure. are YouTubers at every tech event, especially with Apple events. There's tons of us there. Um, so I looked it up. There have been a couple of YouTubers in the past that have gone to Met Gallus, typically, though, they're in the fashion industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as a tech creator, I was a little bit confused. I started reaching out to some YouTube friends like did you get a email about a Met Gala? Did you get an email? Yeah. I said nobody else had gotten one, but I texted Mark Rober. Mark Rober also got an invite, and we were both a little confused about if we should go or not, but we did both decide to go. We were like, we'll be fish out of water together. We'll just go do the thing. Works
2: better that way, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, we had each other's back. It was uh it was very it was very interesting as you can imagine an event like that would be. I'll desc- I-, I will say Derek is clearly a legend. Like I didn't know like I didn't it, yeah. know what I was getting myself into, but if I could do my first Met Gala all over again, I would not rather have any other host than Derek Blasberg. That's so awesome. he he walks into the place and literally immediately it was like his birthday the week before mm-hmm. and people were like, "Oh, it's De- Derek. What's up, huh. man? Happy birthday. Good to see you." I think uh we got to the the red carpet, which is how everyone gets into the mm-hmm. event. And I think I stepped out of our van for 15 seconds, and immediately uh, Hugh Jackman's like, Derek, man, what's going on? Shakes his hand. He sh- shakes my hand. Hi, I'm Hugh. Hi, Hugh. I'm Marquez. Like, <laughs> Hi, I, I know who you are. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I know. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's there's the, all the who's who's of, I guess, fashion, and you, you see celebrity and musicians and things like that, and there's mm-hmm. a theme, and everybody wears an outfit according to the theme, um, which was... A little bit interesting. I think people saw the theme, which was gilded fashion, something, something, American, yeah. American fashion. I think people saw the word gilded and thought, oh, you need to have gold. That's not what the theme was. The theme was it was from the gilded age of fashion, yeah, yeah. which was this golden age of like new wealth coming to the U.S. This is like the, the, the early 19th century, mid 19th century. And then. Yeah, there's like an extra like American on top of it. Look so. at
2: the fashion icon over here. Well, Look I was educated careful. on This it. podcast is going to be a fashion podcast and <laughs> the is going to take my space. I yeah, think. no, this this was
0: I'm I don't know if I'll ever go back to another Met Gala, but this was quite an experience I'll remember for a long time. Lots of people are like, who did you meet? Who was the cool outfits? I, I met a lot of people. A lot of them were very nice. Uh, my number one thing that I think I'll, I'll take away from going to the Met were number one, I realize everyone, how tall and short everyone is. Cause on okay. TV and like in acting and music videos, I guess I never really think it's too hard. hard about the context of like, oh, Venus Williams is super tall. I didn't know that. I looked oh. it up after she walked by me. Uh, on Google it said she's one. I don't believe that. Either, she, either she's like 6'3", really? and wearing huge heels, or she's like 6'6".
2: Wow. Cause she's definitely That's taller awesome.
0: than me. Um, Erica Badu is very tall. Um, Hillary Clinton's not very tall Hugh Jackman's
2: not the tallest Hugh Jackman's
0: tall Okay, I think he's my height was he okay yeah so that was the the one thing I got out of it and then I got that you know Derek knows everyone Hillary Clinton walks up to him Derek happy birthday man Katy Perry Derek happy birthday (laughs) literally everyone we walked by we were walking in the streets of New York City after the after after the Met to one of the like Instagram after parties and literally a car driving by on 5th Avenue window rolls down Derek, man, how's it going? So that was my Met Gala experience
2: at the Instagram after party. Were all the celebrities wondering why there's no iPad app? No, that wasn't no, topic of conversation. There was
0: it was it no, there wasn't uh-huh. really any Bummer. any sort of string of there was very little tech to talk about. <laughs> yeah. I'll put it that way.
2: I, I do have to say, you said that might be your last event. I vote. You keep going if you're invited until you meet Taylor Swift and then, you know, (laughs) I'll give then you're allowed to stop going. Fair. Okay. All right. That's that's fair. I'll keep going. Thank you. I appreciate you. I'll
0: go. I'll, I'll definitely go if Mark goes again. I think we had a good, you know, opening time. Um, so shout out to Mark Rober. Also, we, we sort of, we suited up. Obviously I wear a tux. I posted the picture about how it was matte black, everything. I got so much heat about how the shoes didn't look matte black. I'll tell you in the photo. They didn't look matte black because compared to fabric, Uh you know, matte black leather doesn't look as matte black as fabric, but the shoes were matte black. And to prove it, look at me in any picture with anyone else's shoes and their shoes are way shinier. I posted a separate, I'll put a separate picture up of... The shoes—they're matte black leather. Just so you know, this is very important. The lights just hit different. I just have to be sure. Marquez doesn't lie. Yeah. So matte black bow tie, matte black shirt, matte black jacket. For anyone anyone who thinks he
2: changed just for the Met Gala, he did not. They're matte black. I'm still the Marquez. You know, you know me. Blood runs thick.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's not going anywhere. Actually, here's the funny part. So Anna Winter uh, is the the. She runs the event, and she runs Vogue, and so the Met Gala. Everyone who goes is hand approved by her. Mm-hmm. And as I did the suit tailoring and fitting, they had to send a picture of my fit to her for really? approval. I did the fitting in a white shirt and a white bow tie and you know they get they're like, oh yeah, we have to get your cuff length you know a quarter of an inch we can't be sending a gentleman out there with a half an inch of cuff showing. Anna will not accept that not that's not gonna work. So like I go you know I get the the length all set right they pin everything down they send the picture. so when I get the email like yep, you know, your, your COVID tests are negative, your ID went through, everything's good, and Anna Winter approved your exact fit. So we suggest you wear that, but we'll include the black versions just in case. Okay. And so on my way there, I'm Googling it, like, what is white tie? Like, how flexible is this? Am I allowed to wear all black? And uh, I convinced myself, like, I got to go matte black everything. Kay. I just ha- I have to. So I wore the black tie, and you did the it. black
2: shirt, and that was it. So. Okay. So matte Black Everythings is Vogue approved is what I'm seeing. It's Anna Next Winter approved. Covered. Well,
0: I did shake her hand, but like she never approved the black version. She approved the black and white version, but I just, everyone is wearing black and white. So I had to do my thing, you know? You did it. But I didn't get kicked out. So we'll see if I get invited back. <laughs> That's the med gala. And you wore an Apple watch. I did. Did That's you the I, other did thing. I
2: wanted to ask you, I forgot.
0: It was really funny. So Mark Rober had this incredible watch yeah. with this like planetary system and these mm-hmm. amazing complications. I don't know if he would even let me say how much that watch costs. It's like one of ten in the world. It's seventeen. 60. It's six. One digits. Of 17 did you look or it something up? something like that? You know yeah. how much
3: it costs? I did not look how, I don't know how much it costs. I just it's, know how rare it is. <laughs>
0: he when we left the the Met, he took it off and put it in his pocket. I'll put it that way. Uh, um, I had the, the black Apple watch on. I was like, I was like, I got to get the MKBHD band going. So at least I'm wearing oh, okay. me or something like that. But yeah, I had a, I had an Apple watch on.
2: Wow. Yeah. Hit that.
0: Yeah. Good and job. shook Anna Winter's <laughs> hand. So take that right, Kevin O'Leary. Kidding. You're not going back to the, the Metcalf? What are you going to do about that, Kevin? Uh, no, it was a good time.
2: That's awesome. Uh, want to talk about Twitch? Yeah. I don't know how I segue Metcalf to Twitch. <laughs> so we're, there it is. Yeah. Um, yeah I, You know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I love talking about live streaming and we've talked about it a lot because I while we always talk about YouTube kind of being like the end all be all, at least for now or in the foreseeable future, they're video on demand, like no one's beating them. We've talked about Vimeo. They're not doing great. Twitch right now is generous while is being is like the mainstay live stream platform. I think there's room for that to be taken over definitely i think youtube's a huge competitor there um which i'm going to get into a little later but that's why i think i find this so interesting um Mm -hmm. so bloomberg leaked a some changes twitch is considering making to its partnership program the way you monetize on twitch is if you get enough viewers there's some metrics you can hit that you get something called the affiliate program which enables your sub button Um, if you're unaware with twitch Subbing on Twitch is a little different than on YouTube. It's more like the membership platform on YouTube where you pay money yeah, um, and then you get like ad freeze on that channel. You get some uh, emotes and stuff like that. Um, So you you unlock your sub button at Affiliate and you do a 50-50 revenue split with them. Mm -hmm. That's the only way you make money. At a certain point, if you can get far enough, you can get personally sponsored or partnered, excuse me, with Twitch. That gets a little different. There's negotiations in there there's rumors of people, maybe like Shroud, Ninja, peep, uh, Tim the Tatman, you know, those those high, yeah. high yeah. streamers getting up to like 70, 30 splits. Like really, really oh, good Oh, you could
0: change splits. your revenue split if you get big yep, enough because exactly. you're important enough to them. Mm-hmm. You
2: okay. negotiate it in the contract. Um, All right. So these changes, I'll just go over them one by one here and we can talk about each of them. Mm-hmm. Um, just these are considered changes, not finalized, but incentives for more ads. So like more ad breaks during the live stream Play more ads. New revenue split: seventy percent down to fifty percent. That's a massive number. If so, you just it look
0: was seventy percent by default.
2: I don't think by default, but I think there are plenty of people who were up at the seventy oh, percent range in the partners.
0: Back down to fifty.
2: Back to fifty, which is the default affiliate For range. Everyone. Anybody who can hit a mm. certain amount of viewers can get to there. Okay. Um, a new tier system and no more exclusivity. So. I mean, I saw this around. In the tech world, you know, we look at gaming and everything a lot. All the, Every single live streamer I followed tweeted about this because for live streamers on Twitch, some of these are terrifying, yeah. I would say. Um, let's just start with revenue split 70 to 50 because like 20% in literally anything is a giant, yeah. giant jump. So uh,
0: for, th- for the people who were at the 70% tier, it's just a pay cut. Basically. It's a big pay cut. Um, yeah.
2: When you're... At, I do believe, though, if you had your contract already, like you're prob- they're yeah, probably, they're probably gonna have to go through that contract. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't know when these changes might happen if they do happen. Um, but a twenty percent pay decrease is gigantic.
0: That sounds like a company that's struggling to make money. And and we saw like the other stuff, like incentives for more ads, mm-hmm. which we want to talk about more. Like YouTube's done the same thing. YouTube has allowed more mid rolls. Mm-hmm. Like they used used to have a ten minute video before you needed to. If you wanted to enable mid-rolls in a video, the video had to be at least 10 minutes long. Mm-hmm. They moved that to eight minutes. Yeah, And they also automatically checked the box on new eight-minute-plus uploads mm-hmm. to just automatically add mid-rolls. Yeah. So YouTube's been through this where they're like, hmm, okay, we need to make more money. Here's what we're going to do. So incentivizing more ads isn't new. We've seen it before. It works. I'm not shocked that Twitch is going to try to do that. Yeah. The revenue split cut sounds like, okay, we really need to find some money somewhere is Twitch
2: struggling that much? I don't know. So, so I have two I I think the biggest reason when I first read this is if you'll remember the that revenue split counts with Amazon Prime subs, which is if you have Amazon Prime, you get one free sub every month mm-hmm. and the creators still get the full revenue split from that even though the person's not paying anything, it's like they're paying $5 to the creator. So So if
0: someone has Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. They are given one free sub per month. Every month. When yeah. they sub to you, the the creator will still get the split of yep. what you were supposed to get paid if they exactly. paid full price. And then Twitch gets zero. Well, well,
2: uh well, Yeah, t- I guess ultimately Twitch like gets they, zero. Own, they get Yeah. They get thirty percent of their money that they gave out already. Right. I guess. Sure. Um so I think that, and now if we can connect that to the incentive for more ads, that would be my guess as to why this is becoming an issue. They they want to still have creators make up that 20 percent difference so they're gonna have assume assuming some sort of incentive obviously to run more ads because they want the creators to make more money to make up for that Mm. but they obviously were not making money off of free subscriptions now there's obviously people doing regular subscriptions there's some benefits and there's tier systems Uh. to do bigger subscriptions but i mean there are a lot of amazon prime members out there and there are a lot of amazon prime subs if you watch a a popular streamer, they'll constantly be like, thanks for the Prime sub, thanks for the Prime sub. Like,
0: oh, does it tell you when it's a Prime sub or is uh, the I, person's one? Their the alerts,
2: depending on what That's their funny. alerts are, but you will see a lot of people specifically mention Prime subs. And yeah. I think the reason they mention it is because some people still don't know that they have Prime subs. One. So if they say it, somebody might ask. That's smart. There's a whole meme of Ninja, like, Creating this selling point of like what a prime sub was because he would constantly say it during his streams all the time, and then that's yeah. why he got to a point where he had Tons hundreds of, of thousands yeah. of subs. Yeah, um, now the biggest issue though, and what I see a lot of people complaining about with the incentive for more ads is like Twitch has kind of been pushing ads towards the creators recently. Um, I think within the last year, they created a rule, it used to just be ads would play pre-roll and then once you got into it the creators basically had their chances for ad breaks and could send them whatever now you have to run at least one minute of ads per hour of streaming you have to i believe that's just for partners but okay an hour or one minute of ads for an hour of streaming now that doesn't sound that bad but there are a lot of streamers who hate that like (laughs) absolutely hate that some Mm -hmm. of the some of them are just doing so well and they do well on subs like they don't care about ad mid-rolls or, or like the money from ads so they don't really run them at all. And to them, it's like, it's interrupting this part of a live broadcast. And when you're doing things live, a lot of times you're doing them that, you know, that content is lasting more than an hour. You're not just playing games or it's like, 20 minute game, I could queue up, run an ad mid-roll, you're not gonna miss anything. Mm-hmm. So those ads coming in are potentially like popping up at the worst times and you could be like literally missing content that's happening on the live stream. Um, and that's just like, it's a terrible user experience. I totally get why Twitch would want to do that because yeah. they need to make more money, but that's a bad user experience and bad partner experience.
0: Yeah, it's in Twitch's best interest to try to get people used to ads, mm-hmm. and I've always been on the same side. Like, Ads are not a good experience. I don't like watching ads. I don't like getting interrupted with a double unskippable pre-roll or mid-roll or something yeah. like that, so if I can avoid... Serving those ads, I will also avoid that because I don't want to give people that bad experience. But yeah, it's in Twitch's best interest to make it, to normalize it, to normalize yeah. ads and make people cool with like, yeah, there's gonna be a one minute mid-roll. it been an hour. Like that's just gonna happen sometimes. So I get, I kind of see both sides of it. This also kind of reminded me of, I saw this headline recently. I just pulled it back up. Uh, Tesla cancels employee bonuses tied to delivery quotas, raises salaries to compensate. So it's like, you might net the same but they remove the structure of one version of getting paid and replace it with another. So yeah. if you if if they twitch wants people to run ads more, they'll just go, "Hey, your revenue split is lower. Guess what? Run
2: more ads." That that almost feels like the opposite of what you just said though because like in a sale, salesforce like hitting quotas true sucks. you want people to hit quotas. Yeah, 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 this this feels like they're trying to Go from like, hey, you're salaried with your subs. We're cutting that. Yeah, cutting your salary, you quotas. But sell more cars. Yeah, yeah uh, usually it's the other way. I, I appreciate the Tesla version <laughs> of that way better than this. Um, yeah. I have a couple tweets real quick from a few streamers who mentioned this and actually um, a pretty good argument on the same side. Um, Hassan, who is like... Within the last two years, probably one of the biggest creators on the platform. Um, he streams like ten hours a day. I think he during COVID <sighs> streamed three hundred sixty-five days straight or something like that.
0: I, dude, people ask me why I don't stream on Twitch. Like, it is a different well, skill. It is. It is a it, different. It's breed. crazy what you can do. Which is
2: why, but again, that's why ads are so much different on there because like you're keeping people entertained for these long amounts of times hours. while you're on. Yeah, running those ads are interrupting things where when we do mid rolls like we can be like, oh, this video has a natural break in it mm-hmm. and we can figure that out later and yeah. put it in and it works. Yeah. Um, so Hassan said, when I negotiated my contract, I knew this was coming and wanted to lock in one minute of ads per hour. This ad density is the lowest out of the top streamers. Twitch still serves pre-rolls because it wasn't three minutes. Love Twitch, but it seems like they're moving away from CC to fix their profits. Um. Which then again, e- even just reading that, it makes it seem like this leak is probably going to happen if he seems to know that something yeah. like that was happening before um, his contract negotiation. And then Pokimane, who obvi- I think everyone knows Pokimane's name, she's been a huge Twitch streamer forever. Twitch should implement ads that don't directly interfere with a stream, sidebar, picture-in-picture, underlay. I understand advertisers are essential to making a platform oh. profitable, but intervening with the viewer's experience isn't how they go about
0: it. So, so Twitch doesn't have like pop-up or banner ads or any of the other types of ads at all
2: they might have some banner ads on the homepage, but i don't think on a streamer's profile wow Um, that's
0: actually a huge difference because on youtube that's been a thing forever where i i literally up until like two years ago never ran a single mid-roll i was mm -hmm. like well we've got the ads that pop up we've got the ads on the side the channel is self-sustaining we're not hiring like we don't need to do mid-rolls yeah and like that was fine they just ran themselves like that so that's interesting and i'm Kind of surprised Twitch doesn't just pop up on the top of the chat, just like a a big square ad that credits the creator the same way.
2: Not, I agree, but uh, Linus slipped into these comments and actually has a pretty good rebuttal to it. Um, Those ads are barely profitable as for a text-based site that's pretty much worthless since 2010, unless you can pretty much guarantee the viewer can't ignore it. It does nothing for the advertiser, so why would they pay for it? I, I think that's pretty reasonable, although... I like the idea of potentially if the sidebar covered up the chat when it happened. It bumps
0: down the chat. It just appears above the chat and pushes down. Even if it it
2: fully went over the chat, it's still interfering with the stream itself but not the actual content maybe it's interfering with like some reactions but if that's only a minute long like that's way better than yeah. completely blanking out video it's the same way minute. like
0: uh youtube has ads that pop up over the bottom of the video and you X out yeah. of them like yes it's interrupting literally the video imagine being in a theater and an ad pops up over the movie mm-hmm. like that would never happen so yeah it's interrupting but not it's it's still an ad that's credited to that viewer and you're targeting that channel. Yeah. It still seems pretty good. Maybe there's a bigger difference in like tech savviness of the average Twitch viewer versus the average YouTube viewer. Yeah, yeah. And,
2: and I do agree with Linus as to like, if you if it pops up on the side and I'm watching, I can just completely ignore it. Yeah. And why would, like you're not yeah. going to pay the big bucks for that. You want to make right. sure it's something. Um, I do know Twitch has done some things in the past where they, They're called Bounties, where it's almost like Twitch can help streamers find sponsored integrations throughout. And I wonder if they'll do more stuff like that, because that seems like an actual good idea where it doesn't interrupt content quite as much, kind of changes the content a bit. But if you like a streamer and their personality, usually you're having a good time in something like that. Um, My last quick thing here, the exclusivity part of it feels crazy to me. So what is that? What is Eliminating. That? So like if you're a Twitch partner, you have to, you're streaming on Twitch. You're only allowed to live stream on Twitch. Okay. You still have YouTube VODs. Almost every single yep. Twitch streamer does. But if you're not exclusive, that means there's plenty of platforms out there or uh, programs where you can multi-stream. So you could stream to Twitch and to YouTube at the same time mm-hmm. and broaden your audience. Mm-hmm. And they obviously didn't want to do that because YouTube's a competitor. But no exclusivity means now so you can do, you could do stuff like that. That feels cool. very strange. It is kind of cool. I'll be interested to see how it goes. I wonder if it could ever pull users away from the platform. I mean, YouTube's clearly taking aim at some of the big streamers. They have Tim the Tatman, uh, Courage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ludwig's a huge one that they just brought over. He just did an interview with Susan recently. Mm-hmm. Like, YouTube's clearly gunning for things. I don't think I'm even going to get on the topic of what I think YouTube can do and what's going on over there. I hope eventually we can get deeper into that. But like Hmm. YouTube's coming for them. Twitch is making mistakes all the time. I think this battle's getting closer and closer. I think there's some holes in the armor. I think that's
0: a good thing. I think the competition is going to make like the fact that the competition is making it better for streamers like, hey, you can there's no more exclusives now and hey, you can do you can try YouTube at the same time if you want to, and all these things are are making it a better overall experience. Wouldn't happen if YouTube wasn't competing.
2: Yeah, but there's also a 20% revenue split cut. Drop, I almost drop. wonder if the exclusivity thing was like, a, hey, we know this sucks. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can go mix <laughs> that 20% on YouTube with 20% of your viewers or something like that. Interesting. Okay.
0: So, I want to pin this for later, but I also keep thinking in the back of my head, like what is harder Entertaining for 10 hours straight live or spending 10 hours on a video that's only five minutes long that you then upload and entertain someone for five minutes straight.
2: I don't think there needs to be a there probably isn't one that's harder or the other, but there are people who are good at different things. Very
0: different skill. Mm -hmm. Very different skill. I
2: think there are people who live stream that would have a really hard time focusing and polishing something down to ten minutes. I think there's people who can hyper focus on something that would be like Ninety percent of their live stream would be like dead space.
0: Yeah, so imagine me trying to talk about like the new
2: do it S twenty
0: two Ultra sh- for let's ten test. hours let's straight. Let's test. Can you imagine? Can
2: we just do a day <laughs> where we come into work and you live stream the entire for day 10 straight and you hours. have to entertain?
0: Woof! I'd have to switch it up at some point. <laughs> uh We're gonna take a quick break, but I think right before
3: that we have a trivia question.
0: It's my new favorite thing.
3: The Rivian R one T won the Motor Trend Truck of the Year for twenty twenty two which truck won in
0: 2021 truck of the year
2: 2021 that's a good question all right yeah we'll be right back
0: support for this show comes from netsuite and that's exactly what netsuite provides support But what they really provide is support where you need it because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessible from anywhere. you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com/wayform. That's netsuite.com/wayform netsuite.com waveform all right welcome back to the new ev section of the waveform podcast henceforth the known new. as the waveform section
2: henceforth known as just pretty much the waveform podcast yeah well we've
0: done this before <laughs> uh, there's a new ev and this time it's from subaru now we were looking forward. You were looking forward to this because you've been following Subaru's releases. Yeah, right?
2: new is like we've known about it, and they've teased it forever, and like we've right. seen it, and it's slowly grown up, and there's been rumors, but now we have it all. We knew Subaru was
0: going to come out with a Solterra, that it would be mm-hmm. an electric vehicle, that it would be a sort of a crossover sized thing, yeah. and we were just waiting for like release date, spec. That's sort of the big, and price, the three big ones. Mm -hmm. Um, And we did finally get those things. So what do we do first? The price, let's just start with the price. (laughs) We cry. Cry. Spoiler alert.
2: Foreshadowing,
0: yeah. It's not, it's not uh, what we were hoping. So starting price, 45K. That was, didn't we make a bet on this? We had a bet on
2: that, yeah. What was the bet? Um, I think it was over, I think, did we say 39? Or did we say like 42.5? The
3: bet was over under 39K over under 39 so back in november 18th of 2021 (laughs) i think i
2: went the pessimistic route and said over
3: i took the under under 39 so yeah andrew was over marquez was under dang all right i took that l
2: i think i i in my mind i wanted to win either way this was going to be a huge win if subaru went under 39 and Mm. it was going to be a huge loss it went over that sort of i need the little win so your emotional damage here's the one time i'll be happy for the rest of this segment um yeah. yeah, 45 is a tough price.
0: It's it's a starting price. It's an EV, supply chain shortages. I kind of get it, but it's like it's not going to be cheap to start at 45K. So that's where it is beginning. I Super Sotera, 45K. I want to
2: check right now. This might be their most expensive car that they sell. Most now.
0: expensive starting?
2: Mm-hmm. I can see that. Let me check real quick. So their most expensive car is the top-level trim Ascent, which is their three-row SUV. That's Mm -hmm. at forty five nine, but you can also get a base ascent at thirty two. So like, this is their most expensive car. This Zotera leapfrogs
0: the entire lineup in price. You got to really want this one. So what do you get for your forty five k to start? You get a two hundred twenty eight mile range, and you get a quoted zero to eighty percent battery charge in under an hour. Yeah. Okay. Rough. So that's. That would have been good in like 2017. 228 mile range would have been okay in
2: 2017. These these specs to me feel like they're like super base level specs where I would only be impressed with these specs if we were getting a new price range. Like if we were getting a $30,000 car with these specs, exactly. I would be like this is amazing. This is our go- this is like the jump into being far more affordable and like 228 it's not that great compared to other things we've had. But if you're looking at like a super base level EV, that's going to get you to and from work pretty much every single day on your charge from like yeah. your garage. Right. So like, sure, you're making the sacrifice of not being able to do long road trips quite as easily, but like you're trying to buy the cheapest TV possible. Like, you know, you're going to have to make I would, sacrifices. I would
0: basically in like the most basic sense of it, be looking for either a low price or a high range one or the other mm-hmm. and this has neither this has neither it's yeah. a high price and a low range yeah and then okay. even
2: with the low range giving it this under an hour i, th- I think I someone quoted to- it at zero to 80 percent was like 56 minutes yeah so it's
0: 100 kilowatt charging it's brutal. so just for some context the new like if you look at a tesla right now they charge at 200 to 250 kilowatts if you find the chargers that support it yeah the the slower tesla superchargers are 150 kilowatts mm-hmm. And then the fastest ones you might see—I uh, think a Taycan supports 300, you know, kilowatt charging. So there's some really fast EVs out there. I out think there. there's
2: even some cheaper ones now. I, isn't the Hyundai and the Kia I like th- quoted I at say, 300?
0: I think the Ionic might be the fastest charging. Yeah. There's one that does it's 350. Cr- yeah, yeah, I think
2: that's it. I have it here later um, yeah. because I'm—I com- want to compare these to the the EV6 and the Ionic 5. But yeah. I think the Ionic 5 has like zero to 80 in like 16 minutes or right. something like that
0: so the 100 kilowatt charging being the max on a fast charger is also pretty disappointing in 2022 mm-hmm. like if you drop this car today that would have been again fine in 2017 but again we're looking at a 45k starting price and a low range so the, you could redeem it with super fast charging mm-hmm. but it's
2: also not super fast charging yeah and okay like to put into context here also like forty five thousand dollars you know, when we only talk about EVs a lot, it doesn't sound like the craziest price in the world. But when we're talking about just the average person in a car, and especially the average person getting a Subaru, you can get a hatchback Impreza starting at 19, at under 20. Yeah. No so to, to have a car that's, it's more similar to like the cross Crosstrek, which is basically the hatchback Impreza lifted a little bit at double the price. You have to really want the electric one. Yeah, it one. feels like not quite for that crowd. Yeah. Um. So it is a really... I consider it way overpriced, I think. Yeah. Um, a couple of things. Some people really don't like the design of it. I've heard people say it doesn't look like a Subaru. I kind of disagree with not looking like I think the cross and the Impresses have been becoming like a little sleeker and harder lines. And I think it kind of follows that path and isn't too far off. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people don't like the like it has these black Matte sides, kind of to the front of it. That I don't love, but I don't hate. I don't think it looks that bad. The interior looks fine. I there's, mean, there's there's a lot of like interesting des-
0: design decisions that have to be made with EVs because there's always like I f- oh, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, that's interesting. I actually kind of like it, but I also think you don't have to look like the other cars in the lineup. No. This is the thing. Like the Mach E, which I'm starting to see everywhere. Uh, that, that you is have true. you I have Mach E everywhere. Yeah, you have the flat plastic front grille, which. I think is nice. The performance version has that. So mm-hmm. it's the body matching color on the front grille. Like that's not a thing you see in other performance Mustangs. No. It's like different. That's fine. Uh and you also see a lot of arrow caps. Every time you see an EV, they're trying to maximize efficiency. Arrow caps are a big deal. And you just don't see arrow caps on most of the other EVs. So you see those two things, you know it's the EV and it looks like the EV. And I think it's fine to be a little different like that. Yeah. So Yeah, I don't like mind it.
2: how it looked. I give it a six and a half out of ten. If I'm Maybe being honest design, right now, pure design.
0: I've never been super into the Subaru aesthetic. This is my favorite looking Subaru.
2: There, I totally agree with you as a Subaru fan. There are their aesthetic is always like low. Their WRXs, I think, look really nice. But then, mm-hmm. other than that, they're pretty much fine. I just it's usually like reliability and price. And yeah. price is why I like them so much. Yeah. Um. But so like another thing here is that this is built with Toyota as well. Toyota is also coming out with a BZ4X, mm-hmm. which is pretty much the exact same car if you look at it. I mean, yeah. it is the exact same car. It's similar to what Toyota and Subaru did with the BRZ and the I forget if it's the FRS or the type 86. I, I think they change the name sometimes and yeah. I will get crucified <laughs> for saying that. Um yeah. but the the biggest issue here though is if you the BZ4X is cheaper and mm-hmm. has some different specs so the problem is is subaru likes to do all-wheel drive and everything so they're only offering the all-wheel drive version which we oh. know for ev means less efficiency so now you're losing range on it uh, um, but there is still a bz4x all-wheel drive that's a thousand dollars cheaper all-wheel drive
0: okay well i mean yeah so also adding a second motor obviously adds weight but you can improve efficiency if you have lower powered motors if you have the right motor combo
2: so far, in all the cars I'm going to mention in this segment, the all-wheel drive version has less range right. than the rear-wheel drive version. It's, rear it's rear a higher performance version. version. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: Dang. Well, you know, they tried. I think Subaru. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, you can get a BZ4X um for, forward or front wheel drive, which I do like. I don't. There's not a huge difference between rear wheel and front wheel. If you're in snow, rear wheel generally can be a little. Harder to navigate because Definitely. the back slips out. Yeah. So I do like that the BZ4X has front wheel drive and 252 miles of range for 42k. So like I would pick that over the Solterra. Any it's day. better. It's better. Even if you like the Solterra, that is it. Yeah, it's just cheaper. It has more logo. range. Yeah. yeah. Um, but to compare it here, we said it before. The reason this. Is so tough to look at is because of the EV six and the Ionic five right now, which are very similarly sized I cars. I want to test the Ionic five. Ace. I, I'm so dude, into the Ionic. I saw one when I was on vacation. It looks so good. I'm so um, into it. The interior had this like weird white bezels on the screen that I didn't love, but other than that, like from the outside, I was like, whoo, There's a car like you don't see." Like, it doesn't look like anything else on the road right now. That's
0: it. That's another thing. So, you look at other Hyundais, and if I was a Hyundai fan, I'd be like, this doesn't look exactly like any other Hyundai. I think that's totally fine. Yeah. And it's got the... It's, I like the wheels. I love the lights.
2: Dude, it gives me the Rivian feel. It's like if, It feels like if Rivian was building a crossover. Like, Hayato has mentioned it before, that Rivian is... They're getting away from that super aggressive, which I actually do really like, but this more, like, friendly feel to it. Yeah. Um, like, friendly robots, not, like terminator robots so like it has that friendly feel you know what this reminds me of
0: so a really long time ago back in the day maybe the first car i can ever remember my family having was called a grand prix and it had those like square lights in the taillights okay and the ionic is a modernized version of those taillights it's a grand let me can i find a grand prix i
2: want to say that's pontiac Pontiac. Pontiac, yes was a Pontiac, pontiac
0: grand prix yeah, you can kind of find. Yep, it's got the taillights, and they're they're always like these these dots and everything. Uh, and I, this is just a new, super modern version of it. So I'm I'm very into the Ionic. I want to test it. I want to see if it's good. But like you said, on paper, it beats it in everything. It's got three hundred miles of range. It starts at about what forty two k? Is that what it is? And there's or the
2: Solterra or the Ionic? The Ionic. Here I can. Sh- yeah, I have some Ionic specs here. Um. 300 miles, 42K rear-wheel drive. You can get all-wheel drive, 252 miles at 47K. But also remember, that's 2,000 more ex- expensive, but fast charging. Also charges dramatically faster. Dramatically fast. Like, yeah. that's not even a competition. Almost three times faster, I yeah. think, than that. And then you also have the Kia EV6, which I also think looks really, <laughs> really yeah. good. Um, You can get 230 miles of range rear-wheel drive at 40K, 310 mm. miles of range rear-wheel drive 47K, Hmm. Or you can do 274 miles of range all wheel drive for 50K. Yeah, it's it's, very,
0: it's all about context. Like I know a lot of people hear like the difference between 220 miles and 300 miles is like, okay, 80 more wa- miles of range. What does mm-hmm. that even mean? Uh, it's all about just like convenience, how often you have to charge it. And if you were to do a longer trip, yeah, the type of like experience you would have. So, you know the the sweet spot today being somewhere between 300 and 400 miles because that's when you're going to have to get out and use the bathroom anyway, mm-hmm. um, and then just being able to stop anywhere and charge. The 220-mile range version of this experience is like, kind of inconvenient because you're stopping more often than you have to and then you're adding stops for and just not, charging but not using the bathroom or snacking and then it's just a whole mental
2: and, and using the bathroom and snacking can with a um one hour with zero a slow charger, charger yeah is rough.
0: see that's 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 yeah. that's the cherry on top is the slow charging i really can't believe mm-hmm. that that's what it ended up with so i'd rather
2: save five thousand dollars get the ev6 same range but zero to eighty percent in eighteen minutes. Yeah. on the right charger. Obviously. It's like a.
0: It's like when the OnePlus has like a smaller battery, but it charges at like a million miles an hour. Mm-hmm. They'll give like eighty watt charging to a thirty-eight hundred milliamp hour battery. It's like this phone doesn't last all day, but the second I plug it in, it's like yeah. added forty percent. So I'm cool with that. Cool with that.
2: Yes. So I think all in all, at the end of the day, I'm sad. Me sad. Andrew sad. <laughs> you won the bet. I won the bet, but, but it doesn't make heart. up for. Yeah, was there a consequence? Maybe was there a consequence for that bet? Maybe that'll cheer me up. I don't know oh, if we bet anything. I think man. we just
0: bet to bet. Bragging rights. Bragging yeah. rights aren't fun. Well, well, I think our next bet was about F one fifty Lightning, which I that will actually be wrong. I think, one wrong. Hot
2: sauce. Oh, I think really? that one might have a hot sauce consequence. Oh, we'll I think we'll check that. I'm
0: very wrong about that because they've already spoiler alert we're gonna have one soon so
2: i mean a good segue (laughs) after this break and after this trivia question we're gonna talk a little bit about some f-150 updates some good some bad some brutally honest so and maybe some hot sauce okay that's fine all right uh let's get one more trivia question
3: take a quick break then we'll come back and talk about all that stuff okay so this one is about phones so in august 2018 red released the hydrogen one The company also makes all the cameras we use around here, besides like the one that Hayato uses. So the question is, how many megapixels did that rear camera have? On the Hydrogen One? The Hydrogen One. How many megapixels was the the Hydrogen One rear camera? Okay. Uh,
2: Never, I mean, I have a chance.
0: I have a guess. Actually, I I don't know if I know the exact answer, but um, it's coming back to me, sadly. I'm remembering all the sad things about that phone.
2: Think about it on the sad part. Yeah. (laughs)
0: So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on.
1: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team.
0: All right, we're back. Let's talk about this. uh, I want to talk about this this video that's really messing with my head on Twitter. It's a video, okay, Mm -hmm. of somebody in a Tesla Model S. I guess it's a Plaid or it's a Refresh Model S who hits a button in the UI with a power lifting frunk. It opens the frunk. I've been waiting for this on the Model S for forever. You have to manually lift the frunk. It's not a huge deal, but every new EV with a frunk is doing the power lifting frunk. Mm -hmm. Lucid, F-150, Rivian. So great. So that's that's something that's been added. And then also, there's a button in the UI to tilt that center screen towards the user. This is another pretty minor thing, but the old Model S's with the vertical screens default tilted the entire screen towards the driver. that was kind of neat. There'd be less glare. You could see everything, but your passenger wouldn't really be using the screen very much. In the new cars, the screen is flat. So as someone who came from the old car, it's like, it's kind of a little away from me a little bit. It feels off, yeah. And so I heard, I think they said in the original presentation of the new car, like, it'll have tilting. Or it's at least been on the website since I got the car. It's never tilted. So this video pops up and... It looks like it's, I mean, this is the type of thing that could be added with a software update. But the more I look into this video, the more it's messing with my head. So first of all, Mm -hmm. it comes from a user, Larry Lee, whose username is Tesla Frunk. (laughs) Okay. And who has notoriously tweeted and sold aftermarket installs of power opening frunks. So now I'm like, okay, is this... Did you add this to the car, or the, did Tesla add this to the, the car? or the screen, the frunk. just the front, just the frunk. I'm just wondering about the frunk.
2: The that Twitter name changes me from thinking this is a new VIN number to right? automatically. But you said he did go through the UI, right? So that's the
0: thing. So he went through oh. the UI, and the caption to the video is Tesla finally added screen swivel to the refresh Model S. So it doesn't mention the frunk. So to me, this guy's selling an aftermarket frunk with this tweet
2: and and you could still go, could go through the UI because it's just the original frunk button, right? I believe I so. I mean, it's hard to see in there, but it, he could have just somehow he you could know, just connect that to when the, the hydraulics on it or whatever feel the latch open up, it just automatically Exactly. Goes up. Right okay.
0: now in the UI, I hit the frunk button, it just opens the latch. Okay. And then you can pull it open. So maybe he's got a system where when it feels the latch open, it opens it all the way with the power system. I believe that that is not from Tesla. I
2: agree with you there.
0: But I don't know.
2: It should be that seems like a pretty obvious thing to do. Okay. But I so, would go I would agree with you, aftermarket.
0: So the second part is the the swiveling screen part, which has been even weirder to me. So like I said, since day 1, since I bought the car, it has said on the site that this is a tilting screen. Okay. There's never been a button to tilt it. You could pull it all you want, it won't tilt. It's been flat there have been teardowns of the Model S that suggest that the parts are there for it to be able to okay, tilt.
2: That was my first question.
0: But it's lacking the electric motor to actually push the tilt out. So it's got the arm folded back in place. Okay. But the uh, the mechanism to power or tilt it isn't there. So now this tweet says, Tesla finally added screen swivel to refresh Model S. This makes me think, okay, either one, it's a new software update and all cars after a certain date have the electric motors mm-hmm. and they will get the software update and be able to swivel the screen. Or this is a, a new VIN car where they just started adding the motors like yeah. yesterday. Or this is also an aftermarket modification. But the fact that he said Tesla added it makes me think it's not an aftermarket modification. Yeah. But I'm still not sure if my car, which I bought when it said it would have screen tilt, will get the screen tilt. I, If I was guessing, I would say that this is something I'm going to have to get my car into a Tesla shop to be retrofit for. Mm-hmm. Uh, not sure how long that will take. Not sure if that's true or false. Not sure. It should be free because they said it would have the feature in the first place. True. Um, but I I am not sure I've just I have so many more questions than answers after seeing yeah, this. Yes.
2: I would say, I mean, like hearing that whole breakdown, I would I would imagine they would offer for free if you're right about the mechanisms being in there, just minus the motors. Yeah. If that part is not true, then I see no chance of that. Which is it's crazy. just a new VIN number. Yeah. But like you it's you crazy, it but that's not this Unlike what we've seen in the history of Tesla, yeah,
0: Tesla's talked about stuff before that's never happened. I still can't play. What was the game they said? The Witcher. They said they put some games on the screen. Oh, they, I, they I said still, Witcher. Yeah, you still can't play the games that they showed in really? the car at launch. Like in the when you went to the Tesla event when people mm-hmm. were there, it was showing a bunch of games on the screen, and everyone who reported about the car said you'll be able to play games at your stop with a controller. That has also never happened. So I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend they've never not shipped something they said they would okay. ship.
2: So uh, I'm interested as, is this a, if the parts are in there and there's no motors, was this a just like, you know, supply chain issue where they sent them out and were kind of hoping no one would notice because they have sent cars out also just like, remember the USB-C ports that just didn't have the connection on, they had had the drill out. They did retrofit those for free though. Right. But they did also ship them out without telling anybody about it and letting people figure it out themselves and the screen tilt is not going... Like, you're not going to find that out. Yeah, like, USB-C
0: no isn't, like, a listed... Fe- Maybe it is a listed feature on the site, but, like, the Screen Tilt seems like it's one where, like, they put it on the site as a feature. They mm-hmm. mentioned it before, so I'm like... I think it would be weird to never ship Screen Tilt. So there's they, no
2: button in the software currently, correct. right? Okay.
0: Yeah, so... Anyway, that I just wanted to share that. This video is really messed with my head. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna, maybe by the time this podcast comes out, we have an update, and I'll have my car getting the screen tilt. But as of right now, it's, this one account being the only one who can tell me about it, who happens to also do aftermarket stuff to cars, is, is yeah. really messing with
2: me. It's going to be hard to get a drone flyover to see if they're <laughs> adding the uh, That might the be a screen. little too close. Yeah. Um. All right. Other EV news. Really quick. Dodge finally teased their ram 1500 ev which is okay. like this this feels up there with like if you're talking about the most popular vehicles in the u.s this f- is the ram other big 1500 one hundred is like right there with f-150
0: i'm pretty sure it goes f-150 series ram 1500 series and then another truck yeah and, and then, then I like think the it's camry like, or something
2: i think it's actually rav4 yeah. crv and then yeah. like camry yeah so, so we're, we're okay. talking about one of the biggest the next biggest vehicle in the u.s um it's the teaser is very small they really didn't say anything they took a little shot at the board with it have we brightened it uh i have not but i think this is already like kind of a brightened image okay. from their like little video <laughs> yeah it's just pretty much the the lights coming up on front which do look really nice and it says ram across the front of the truck looks really sleek from the like silhouette you're getting of it yeah um we'll see I feel like Dodge hasn't mentioned much about EVs. I I really Dodge, don't ever remember talking about them. Yeah, the it's past. funny
0: when you think about like Ford versus Dodge. Okay, so Ford beat Dodge to the punch for an electric pickup truck. Yeah. But when I think of the the Ford crowd, as much as you're like a truck person's a truck person, they don't want electric. The the Dodge crowd, I think, seems from the outside in even more like from petrol head. Like, like gas cars, like the every, everything from like the Chargers to the Hellcats to the SRT, the Durango, everything I've seen from Dodge is like Motorhead.
2: I, do you know I will personally ask? I know I have a friend who is a Dodge fan that mm-hmm. listens to this podcast. Okay. CJ, I will reach out to you soon and I want to hear what you said about this. He did mention he was interested in that F-150, not buying it. He is a Dodge fan, mm-hmm. but he does like the idea of when you look at an EV from pure specs, there's some cool stuff there. Mm-hmm. As long as you're in that category where it fits to, because obviously truck stuff is a lot different. But uh, yeah, I'll get it. I'd like to see that because I, as well as a non truck person, seem to see Dodge truck people as being far more loyal. Just or they're Dodge just like insanely in loyal. Yeah, yeah,
0: like I haven't seen any Dodge EV stuff at all. Like I don't I, maybe I've missed it, but is there a Dodge Charger electric being teased anywhere? Like I, I don't think that's happening. It. Like
2: yeah, well, I don't see Dodge talking about EV yeah, stuff very much. So exactly. this kind of came out of the blue instant shot at Ford because they said they're going to bring the thunder to the Ford's lightning. If I can something. make
0: another bet, this probably okay. isn't that bold of a bet, but I would bet that this Ram 1500 has to be a much more aggressive looking like bold design I, truck.
2: Well we can kind of see. I we do, can kind of see. It. I, I I agree with you. I think it's gonna be so kind of how the um the Silverado is like different, right? Mm-hmm. The lightning is the same as exactly the F one fifty minus the bar light. A little bit of light difference. That's I it. think you're right. I think they're gonna go the like intense route yeah. with this. Okay. Um, we'll see. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Um and now on F one fifty, Neli had a really, really interesting interview with Jim Farley the CEO of Ford and I think there's a couple quick points here I just want to talk about but we'll link the whole article in the show notes and I highly highly suggest reading it because I think okay. it's just important for EV in general. Um talking about the F150 release, one thing I saw that was cool in here is they just start like did their production launch the other day, but apparently at that. the this is right around that time, at the time of this interview they have 1800 vehicles built already. So the production plants up and running and Pump, pumping, quote unquote, for like a new production line, like it's starting to move at yeah, least. Yeah, you um, start
0: somewhere. Uh, so, you know, they've built 1,800 again. I think I saw that number and I was like, oh, cool. Did you deliver any of them? No. Or no. Okay. No. So they've started building them and it always looks like a ramp. Every time we see a new product line, we yeah. expect to see the ramp go, okay, 3,600, then 10,000, then 50,000. So we'll see that. To, as to it see that
2: it's like at a, an okay number of cars before deliveries happen makes me feel a tad optimistic. But then right after that, he also mentions that like there are, he knows there's limited factors in here. And right now he thinks batteries are actually going to be the biggest limiting factor on pumping out the F-150 numbers. We know that the orders for the F-150 are like- Massive. Insane. Yeah. Um, He thinks it'll probably take one and a half to two years, I believe, to actually- fulfill all of those orders before they get into the like full-blown just production you know you don't Mm -hmm. need a pre-order for it so that's a while and he thinks not chips because because ford is so massive and buying so many chips for an f-150 already they they have good connections with all of that he's not worried about chips being the limiting factor he's worrying about batteries being the limiting factor okay which i do think they're investing some more money into a battery factory in georgia that they work with um but that's going to be the thing that's going to stall them out. Interesting. Um, he was also really, really blunt about um, the charging network, which I thought was really interesting. He said he gives their charging network about a, C, or not even just the network, but about how it works with the network, the experience. Yeah, like a C on a grade, which I think might even be a little optimistic. Maybe a C. it's our experience. We've talked about this before. Was really bad. But we were also in a super remote part of the Yeah, I was gonna say so. We did a switch. thousand mile road trip with Namaki. Mm-hmm.
0: I would say from the exact route that we took, our, our trip Just was to, was like a D minus. Yeah. But I think if you average out all the different chargers and all the different experiences and all the different routes people are taking for road trips, I could see it being a C, maybe. Sure. It, it
2: probably really depends on how you do it. Are there it as A pluses
0: well? out there? A plus routes? You hit the charger, it's on, perfect on Tesla networks. Yeah,
2: maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'm sure there are some. Yeah, so average. uh, One thing he did mention is that he thinks Hyundai and Kia, I think, are doing really good things with the way they bring you to charging networks, which is like making sure they're available, making sure charges or stalls are are available, and that they want to look at other companies, how they're doing that, and being able to update how Ford, because this isn't just for the F-150, this is for the Mach-E, which is is, everything. like we mentioned before, I see those. Everywhere. No. Yeah, like, let's
0: not get it twisted. We did our video, but like, we're not the only ones to say that the charging network is like a problem mm-hmm. for these cars. After the video, though, like te- Ford reached out and they're like, here's a bunch of stuff that we're doing to hopefully make sure this experience doesn't happen again. We're going to have people constantly checking the chargers. We're going to try to make sure yeah. as many of them as possible are not just fixed, but updated so that we don't navigate you to one that's not exactly. updated. So like they know, it's not like they're unaware that these are challenges that they have to tackle. It's just a cha- it's a challenge they don't own. Mm-hmm. Like they don't own exactly. Try America. And,
2: and a big part of that challenge is relying on user reports. And so one of the things that he talked about that he, he hopes they implement soon is not having to rely fully on the user report, but being able to rely on the data of a car plugging in, how long it gets plugged in for, how quickly it moves away. So they can tell like if a car goes up Plugs Mm -hmm. in and immediately leaves, that charger is probably broken. They Mm -hmm. need to, it reports that automatically and can hopefully get a technician there. Um, And that just like the charging network in general really needs to be fixed, which I think we can all agree on. And I think is a huge step for not just Ford, for literally all EVs. It'll be
0: interesting also to see, you know, as we have more and more Mach E's out there. Like, this is Tesla's huge advantage with, like, self-driving, for example, was they have so many cars on the road Mm -hmm. that a small fraction of them doing some testing for them is a lot of data. And so now that Ford is going to have a ton of EVs on the road, the Mach-E, F-150 is going to start being out there, they have a lot of cars with that sort of information Mm -hmm. and an internet connection, and they can beam that up, and that can be very useful.
2: And hopefully one more step from that is Electrify America, who's servicing all of those, is hopefully now getting, you know, every new company that puts another line of EVs out, hopefully that's more information for Electrify America to start grabbing from and increasing that. Um, And one more thing he talked about, which I thought was interesting, was that he's working on trying to convince legislators to increase the ev tax limit for the u.s um mentioning that a bunch of other countries have done that and that's Mm -hmm. not just for Ford; that's just for everybody so but it would
0: benefit ford uh, (laughs) obviously yeah (laughs) Yeah. but
2: it's you know i'll take something that benefits ford if it means it also benefits literally all of us and gets the u.s onto the ev yeah the for those like
0: unfamiliar the 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 point of the the tax incentive was to accelerate the adoption of EVs. Exactly. So every company was given a set number of cars that they could sell that are electric that would be uh, rebated by the government. Mm-hmm. So if somebody bought the car, they'd get a seven thousand something dollar rebate on their yeah. taxes. And then after they sold that number of cars, the rebate would go down to three thousand. And then they sold a certain number of cars, it would go down to one thousand. And then it would be something else. And then it would be zero. And so Tesla rocketed through that. They sold a ton of cars, um, and a lot of these companies who are just starting up, they will get the full tax mm-hmm. rebates. Ford sold a lot of EVs. I'm sure they're somewhere in sure that stratosphere. To that too, yeah. And so yes, we would like to see uh, many more companies start to make more. But also, yeah, if you if you bump the cap, more uh, EV adoption yeah, for everyone
2: because that does $7,500 is a big yeah, jump action. that
0: makes the uh, solterra seven thousand dollars less it was
2: the only <laughs> argument i saw to actually wanting the solterra over some ah. is that chances are subaru is going to sell less than toyota or hyundai or kia that's crazy. so like it might actually be lower in price because you have a better chance of getting the ev tax credit on it that is really so that does put it down to 38 okay. right yeah no even 45 lower. it was 42 seven. right 45. No, 40. I'm saying
3: you're, I don't know if the math is right. I was just shaking my head like It's still not good enough. No, Adam told me I was wrong. Oh, <laughs> it's still not good enough. Still okay. not good enough. Whatever. It's like, yeah, maybe 38 is good. No, no, it's not. Not great.
0: Um, No, that's, that's, I think where we're at. We're all very optimistic. Uh, no, yeah, we'll we'll link the EV interview from Nilai and Jim down below. Also, mm-hmm. you should definitely check out our Ford F100 video, which was oh, the yeah, electrified one, which is a whole separate version of, like, what an EV is. But and the, what the experience... Could be, I guess? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that, we'll link that below as well. Um, but I think the place to end would be to hit the trivia answers, which were one was a car and one was well, a was phone. One was about trucks, yeah. One was a truck, Okay. Refresh my memory, Adam. Where? What were the first the first trivia question?
3: Let's start with the truck one. Right. So the first one, the Rivian R1T won the Motor Trend Truck of the Year for 2022. Mm -hmm. Which truck won in 2021? Truck Motor Trend Truck of the Year 2021.
0: Now I don't know that many award winners. I know that the Kia Telluride was like the SUV of the year or
2: something. Uh, I could see that. Yeah. Uh,
0: but that might also be 2022. So it's probably some, I I don't know the answer. I'm just I mentally, don't, I have a guess. You do? What's your, I'm, my
2: guess would be the Ford Maverick because it's this like oh. smaller size truck that's also a hybrid and at a really, really good price. And I, a, I know a lot of people are super into it. So it feels like something disrupting a little bit. Does the Jeep count as a truck? There like are the Bronco, Jeep trucks.
0: Um, the Bronco's popular, but it's not ooh, a truck, is it?
2: That's a confusing one because the, Old Bronco had like the detachable back roof, yeah. which like I bet some people like would truck. consider a truck, but I don't think the new Broncos do that. Do you guys That's want a hint? Should we? Uh, do we both get the well, that makes That means i wrong guessing? if he's asking for a hint. Sounds like it. That yeah. Definitely yeah. Means All right. It, let's, let's take the hint. Yeah.
3: We spoke about it in this episode. Wow. Kind of.
2: Oh. A Jace. The 1500? We spoke the about Ram. It. We
3: mentioned the Ram.
0: We spoke about it or mentioned it.
2: It's just the Mentioned it. it. Okay. So
0: I've mentioned a bunch because I went down the list. Uh, Let me go with...
2: Is this a half credit point now that we got a hint? We still
3: both don't know it though. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think so. um, I think it could be a full point.
2: The only other thing I can think of is if you're right about like SUVs counting as a truck. We did talk about the Ascent for a minute and the Ascent was Subaru's like... New three row car that everyone Ooh. loved because it's really cheap for like a three row. Yeah, but is
0: that a truck of
2: the I year? I don't think so.
0: <laughs> I'm just gonna go with the F. No, I'm gonna go with the Ram 1500.
2: I'm wrong. I'm st- I just I-, I liked my Maverick guess, yeah. so I'm just gonna say, even though I like no, that I'm too,
3: wrong, the Ram 1500. Okay. Oh, wow, TRX. There it is. Oh, TRX. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, the TRX yeah, is like the performance yeah. version. Yeah. yeah, okay, wow. That's a point. I'll take it. All right. What was the second? Oh, with the RED camera, right? Yep. The RED phone. In August 2018, RED <laughs> released a Hydrogen One smartphone. The company also makes all the cameras we use here in the studio. The question is, how many megapixels did the rear camera have in the RED Hydrogen One?
2: So not only do I not know, I'm scared of getting made fun of for guessing an answer. That's so how. So
0: the, the camera system, it was his t- dual cameras. And they were advertising just, the ability to shoot stereoscopic 3D.
2: They were also advertising the opportunity of, like, <laughs> lenses is, on the back, which doesn't change oh, that, the megapixel, but you have to assume that the megapixel has to be able to fit. Yeah, never you happened. You would assume it has to be a good one because you're going to get all these crazy add-ons so you can film a whole movie. It. it uh, we already know it was a letdown. <laughs> like We don't have to
0: rub <laughs> it in. I will uh, rub it in. It was in. bad. Wow, so uh the number that popped in my head is 12 because every everything is 12, but I I want to double double think here because it was such a weird phone and they had two and there was like the the 3D screen and they wanted to show 3D we took 3D videos and showed it and played it back for Joe Rogan remember that? Do you, was was,
2: like, was this not a um just sensor they pulled out? It was. It was just a yeah, it was a Sony sensor. Yeah, it,
0: I remember it. It was just a a regular Sony sensor, and Red makes cameras, so like they could have made a sensor, but they yeah,
2: didn't. Yeah, and everyone thought that was hilarious. right? So, so
0: let me just go with a standard Sony sensor, and it's a twelve megapixel sensor. Andrew, I, I'm just
2: gonna agree with that because I I remember it being a, a well, standard I say Sony sensor. Something different from what you say.
0: My second guess is gonna be like twenty four. Which is dumb. Which it's one nice. do you It's definitely want? not 24. Uh,
2: <laughs> I don't know. I just remember making fun of it because it was just a regular sensor. And it's like, bro, you're red. Come on. Yeah, it's a Sony 12 megapixel sensor.
3: So I don't know who made it. I'm assuming it was Sony. Yeah. But it was a dual 12.3 megapixels. 12, so yeah. I'll give you the point for that. Twelve. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah they're all 12.2 or 12.3. Yeah. Yeah. That's a. It was a letdown. Rough. Every time I think about that phone, I just get sad. <laughs> Why did we have so much high hopes for that? All right, well, that'll do it for this episode of the Waveform Podcast. The Waveform uh, section was quite long. I promise we'll have all kinds of other stuff coming up. But also, I am really excited about one of the next videos we're working on on the channel. Um, Spoiler alert, it's not an EV. It's very, very different.
2: We're replacing Tim. (laughs) Yeah, it's something along those lines. That's
0: all you need to know. Uh, But thanks for listening this week. Tune back in next week, and we appreciate you. May the 4th be with you. If you're listening to this late, which is clearly, you know, you can't yeah, listen to it on the 4th because we're recording so it on the 4th. So Adam, may um, the 4th be with you. Happy yeah. Cinco de Mayo. Happy whatever holidays are coming up. Thanks for listening. Catch you guys in the next one. Peace.
2: Waveform is produced by Adam Molina. We are partnered with Vox Media, and our intro-outro music was created by Vane Sill.